We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I am not Stevie TPFL. I am Keith Eister. I will be filling in for Stevie today. We have seven NBA games on the schedule to break down for you today. Uh, here to help me do that is the Chief. It's Will Priester. Will, how are you doing today? I'm good, my brother. Glad to come on with you. We were talking free show. It's been a steady week. No overextension of slates. Haven't had a three-game on a Tuesday, 12-game on a Wednesday, three-game on a Thursday, 14-game on a Friday. Been really steady, so uh, I'm definitely ready to come in and, and get this thing broken down, man. It's been a real good week of just the schedule in general. Yeah, I love it Love it when the, it's a balanced schedule like that. Like you said, the three-gamers, there's not really a lot to do as far as DFS contests go. When there's 12 games, it's, it's a little bit too much. It's a little bit overwhelming to try to jump in and, and break down 12 games. So nice little sweet spot here with only seven games. Uh, I, I believe Indiana is the only team on a back-to-back as well. So some rested teams, uh, a couple of good matchups, some value already opening up, which we'll obviously get to. Um, got a little football to look forward to this weekend as, as the NFL season wraps up uh, wraps up as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, two games left. To tell us, you know, who, who's going to uh, the big dance. And yep. so I, uh, I'm i really excited about that. Um, one of the things that's been interesting for me for football this season is probably something we'll talk about next week on Food for Thought, probably to close out our season. The coaching hires might be the bigger news this week. None of the big-name coaches outside of Harbaugh, who I still consider a relatively new head coach or fresh head coach for the NFL, the old guard, they're not getting the calls. They want new, fresh blood, you know, uh, you know, leading these football teams now. So it's very interesting to see, you know, how that dynamic works out with Bill Belichick kind of not getting a nod for a head coaching job when it seemed like he was a shoe in Atlanta. You know, Ron Rivera is having to interview for a defensive coordinator position. Like, all the new head coaches are seeming, seemingly being filled by young talent. And I think that's really cool for the league to just, you know, get some fresh blood in there and see what happens. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Atlanta is definitely the one that surprised me. It seemed like Belichick was ticketed there. They got a decent core, just need a quarterback to work with, and they should be able to to acquire somebody uh, with the capital they have near the top of the draft. A couple yeah. of free agents. Heard Cousins rumored to be going there, so – Thought that seemed like a nice situation for Bill to, to step into, but I'm with you. Let's 
let's give some new guys a chance. Uh, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and I, th- I think you know it's a copycat league. They're seeing what Sean McVay's been able to do. Um, they're seeing what uh, uh, what's his face Shanahan has been able to do over an extended period of time. They're looking at Matt Lafleur, I think, with the young quarterback, and you know it's a lot of coaches now that the wheels are kind of turning, and you know they're seeing these young coaches help these teams do really nice things. Everybody's want, going to want to be D'Amico Ryan's this year. Right, a young head coach, young quarterback. So, yeah. I uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, come on now. We got Stevie in the chat. Stevie, <laughs> uh, love love to see the man. Happy to fill in for him. Uh, he has he has a nice night out away from away from the podcast. Uh, he will be back tomorrow for sure. Actually, next uh, he'll be back on Monday. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump in. Seven games to break down here. Uh, we are going to go ahead and start off with the Dallas Mavericks at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, the Mavs, one-and-a-half-point favorites, 243 total in this game. Uh, Dwight Powell remains out for the Mavericks. Uh, Kyrie Irving has the questionable tag with that thumb injury. Uh, missed the last game. Uh, he remains on the injury report, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that news. On the Atlanta side, DeAndre Hunter remains out. Wes Matthews and Vic Krejci also out. Trey Young with the questionable tag, and then a couple of their bigs also have questionable tags, Clint Capella and Bruno Fernando. So might end up with a, a pretty depleted Atlanta team here. Um, fast-paced game environment. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the Dallas side. Obviously dependent upon the Kyrie news, but what do you like in here for Dallas and a great matchup, Chief? Yeah, man. I mean, against Atlanta, what's not to like here, Chief? I mean, Keen, we've been... <laughs> I mean, we've been attacking certain teams, and a lot of them are on this slate, so I'm not even going to mention all the names. That, but we've been attacking Atlanta all season. If Kyrie's out, Luka is going to be at the tip top, I think, of of lineups in terms of big spins, and I think he would have earned that. Um, you know, even just looking at the other night, uh, didn't have a, let's call it a massive game, but still 34, eight and nine, 63 fantasy points. He was, he was on his way to a massive game and then the blowout kind of got him. Um, he did end up playing huge minutes in that game, but yeah. he just didn't have much help here, help yeah. there, but. And yeah, that's awesome the thing, like this is a much softer matchup yeah. <laughs> for him defensively. So I, I, I really like him. Uh, another guy, man, when one of these big guys have been out that we've seen uh, really just kind of take a step forward, even though, you know, he's been with the team. Tim Hardaway Jr. plays big minutes on DraftKings. He's 5,700, and he does have 40 to 50-point upside. Now, I'm not saying it shows up tomorrow, but, I mean, even if he's around 38, Keith, like, I'm, that's fine at 5,700. So he's definitely my next guy in. Um, you know, Dante Exum being back, you know, we'll see what they do with his minutes. That didn't play a lot, but at one point, he was kind of the next guy that was that was really piling up the upside. But I still think Tim Hardaway Jr. is my guy. So if I'm siding with that, it's Lucas, Tim Hardaway Jr. And uh, those are my two that I, I want to get in against this Atlanta defense. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Those are those are the first two looks. Uh, Luca is one of the best spends on the entire slate. Hardaway Jr. with that nice usage bump without Kyrie. The minutes go way up as well. Saw him play 34 minutes. Too cheap uh, if Kyrie misses for sure. It does definitely get convoluted after that. Uh, Exum came off the bench in that last game and only played 19 minutes. I believe the plan is for him to eventually step back into the starting lineup. Maybe slight interest in Exum if he does end up in the starting lineup, but I'm I, a little bit concerned about the minutes. We saw um, Josh Green kind of come out hot in that last game, but then definitely fell way off and finished with 18 DK points, which is kind of what he does. So I, w- I would definitely prefer to see Exum in the lineup there, even though he's a little bit more expensive. They also started uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Grant Williams, just not guys who are going to put up a ton of fantasy points per minute. So Grant Williams is 3,400. I suppose if he cracks the starting lineup again, you could maybe look look that route. But even though he started, he only played 11 minutes. So definitely not secure minutes by any means. Um, so I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of with you. Basically just Luka and Hardaway, maybe with a slight lean to Exum, if he does crack the starting lineup, Lively is a guy who only played 26 minutes as well, even with Dwight Powell out. So just not a guy who's going to play big minutes is kind of my struggle there. Uh, kicking it over to the Atlanta side, obviously Trey Young being questionable, the the huge um, piece of news here. If Trey Young gets ruled out, 
we know to jam in uh, DeJounte Murray for sure. Uh, solid matchup from, from the Atlanta side here. Uh, what else do you like for Atlanta? Yeah, for sure. You talk about DeJounte. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Keith. I was certain he was going to be 9K or more today. Like, I just knew, like, the 9K tag. And so we cracked this thing open to get ready for the show. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. He's still under 9K. Well, it trades out. I mean, he's kind of an autoplay, I think. They're at home, too. Game's going to be pace-up game. I mean, they play with incredible pace, a lack of defense. Um, you know, and his peripherals. Every, everything's coming together with Trey out. I mean, you look here, 24-9-5, and 35-10-6, and 23-7-7. You know, th- that's what we're looking for. We saw him pick up 61 in a game against Sacramento. So the upside is there. Even if he puts up 50, like, great. He's 8,600. I'll take it. So I, I like DeJounte. I definitely think he leads the charge. Uh, Bogdanovich is a guy that I was I was kind of on the fence with. I still think there's some upside locked in there with these minutes. I think the problem is they've got a lot more mouths to feed on this team than it than than meets the eye. Like Sadiq Bay is playing big minutes, uh, you know, around thirty minutes, and he's cheaper. He's fifty one hundred. He might be my second favorite play if Jalen Johnson wasn't on this team. Now Jalen's got ultimate upside at seventy three hundred. Now he could also pick up thirty fantasy points, and I get that, but he's also got a fifty sixty point ceiling. So. DeJounte and Johnson are my first guys in, I think, from, from the Hawks. Sadiq Bey is my third guy. I think Bogdanovich is my fourth guy. And then if for whatever reason, if uh, Clint Capella for some reason just does not play and we get an Okongu 30-point, 30 30-minute 30 game at 4,600, I just have to play him. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's lock button territory, being. right? Yeah, if, absolutely. If Capella is out, you just lock in a Kongwu, especially yeah. if Bruno Fernando is out too, because I think we're if if Capella and uh, Fernando are out, like who else do they have to play the five? I think yeah. you see a little bit of Jalen Johnson at the five, even in that scenario. Yeah. Maybe but they dust off a guy like though, Keith. Don't you think Okongwu's projection is going to come in around low thirties? If he's like, it's got to be low thirties, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. If he's going to project for 30, 30 minutes, he, he'd be into the 30s for sure as far as yeah. a fantasy points projection. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so definitely keeping an eye on the Capella news. Uh, Bruno Fernando as well, questionable. Not that he matters as far. Like, if you only need Capella out to be able to jam in a Kongwu. Uh, completely agree with your Jalen Johnson take. Uh, he is my second favorite as well if Capella plays. Uh, Bogdanovich doesn't really see a, a usage bump, kind of what you were speaking to. Uh, with Trey Young out, he just he steps into the starting lineup and he has to to share it with Dejounte Murray basically, and now Jalen Johnson. Um, so he does see a minutes boost, which helps him, but not not as much of a uh, usage boost. So agree, like I, he's priced at a point where you can certainly play him if he's popular. Though he's usually a guy that I end up underweight on in this type of situation. All right, moving on to the next one. Here we have the uh, Phoenix Suns uh, traveling to the Indiana Pacers. Suns favored by five points in the spot. 242 and a half is the game total. Phoenix injury report. Uh, Bull Bull is out. Damian Lee remains out, has been out all season long. Eric Gordon listed questionable again after missing the last one. Uh, Indy is, as I mentioned, the only team, I believe, on a back-to-back on this slate. So we don't have the injury report for them. We do know already that Tyrese Halliburton will be out again. Uh, but being the back-to-back, keep an eye out for the in, uh, Indiana uh, initial injury report midday. Wouldn't be terribly surprised to see a couple of names jump on there with it being a back-to-back for them. But let's jump back to the Phoenix side here. Um, awesome matchup. Indiana, always a team that we like to target here. So what, what are you liking on the Phoenix side here? Yeah, as crazy as it sounds, this, this might be one of the more simple breakdowns for me, Keith. Uh, you, play, you play Booker, you play Beal, you play – uh Kevin Durant, you possibly, possibly get to some Grace and Allen. It might be a stretch, but because of the matchup, I'm willing to consider it. But I don't play any of these big three together. Like they go in a group, and I say one out of the three. And I think two of them could get there and one could not, but I still don't want to play because I'm separating these three because as we saw the other night, Booker got there, Beal got there, Durant did not get there. But then the night before, Durant just said somebody else. So all three are in play because of this juicy matchup. But I can't play them together. 
Yeah, I agree with you totally on Booker and Durant. Both of them over 9K. It's just really hard for them to both for them both to find a ceiling. If they're ever going to do it, this might be the game for them to do it against a fast-paced Indiana team. Doesn't they don't play any defense either. So a great spot here, but I'm with you. I think I make a group and limit it to one of those guys. I would be okay with Beal sneaking into a line a lineup with one of them, I think, yeah. just because he's 6,900. Yeah. But definitely limiting Booker and Durant to max one. Um, and then Grayson Allen is an interesting one. He's been playing huge minutes. If Eric Gordon is out again, I think you're looking at like 34 to 36 minutes. So Got it. don't hate that call at all. Um, he, he does have one massive ceiling game in recent memory here. Uh, generally a guy who needs to put a bunch of points in the bucket to, uh, to find a ceiling. He doesn't do it. Like he'll get a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, but not, not a, a huge peripheral guy. Uh, price tag is a, a little bit uncomfortable, honestly, at 5,700. Uh, but without Eric Gordon and and locked in for thirty mid thirties minutes, honestly, if Gordon sits, there's really no uh, beneficiary for me. The guy who picks up more more minutes is probably a Kogi, but he's so low per minute, even at thirty five hundred. I I don't think I'm going to a Kogi. Uh, how about you? Any interest there if Gordon misses? No, I mean like Allen would probably be my only consideration. And once again, Allen is in consideration because of the matchup. Like that's that's really what it is. Because Booker, Beal, and and KD. If you just they're taking all the shots, like even Nurkic, his, his, he's dead right now offensively. Like he's going to have to have fun picking up those 15 rebounds. He's not going to take a lot of shots. Those three guys are shooting everything almost. And, and so that, you know, you just really can't play too many guys for Phoenix outside of those, those big, the big three. Agree with you. All right. Over on the Indiana side, we finally saw Pascal Siakam go off. I just went absolutely nuts on Thursday night against Joel Embiid. So interesting spot. We had been kind of waiting. We, we thought Siakam would get a boost coming over to this Indiana team. Finally saw it, and not necessarily in the matchup that we thought we would. Um, are you looking for any runbacks here uh, for, for your Phoenix exposure? Yeah, I don't hate Embiid. I'm not Embiid. Good to Siakam at 7,500. It's just the price. Like, if we're going to get these types of prices, you know, he needs to be in consideration. I don't hate spending money on TJ McConnell at 5,500. Let's just hope they give him 28 minutes. Like, don't don't put him at 20. Like, just give the guy some run. Uh, all these Indiana guys just continue to stay cheap because they're all playing 20-ish minutes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you need to consider them because one or two could, could get there and the other others could not. So Neesmith could get there and the other ones could not. Heel could get there. Mathurin could get there. The minutes are everywhere. They're all playing mid to upper 20s, depending on the game situation. And this is another one of those teams where the spot is so good for them every night. I just put them all in a group and I say, you know, one to two and and let it ride from there, Keith. And I hate giving that kind of analysis for a team that has so many players. But if people are really looking at what's happening, they're all playing 25 minutes or in that range. And it's really hurting their upside. Yeah, it is really hard to find a ceiling. Um, Andrew Nemard's been starting for Halliburton, obviously. I was on the podcast with Stevie yesterday and talked about how he never finds a ceiling. He did find a ceiling today with 35 DK points. That's, I mean, that's about the max that you can hope for. Um, at, yeah. Uh, is it, did he get a price bump? No, he actually went down $100, 5200 So Nemhard is in, in play, but never a guy that I like to chase. Um, I, I prefer McConnell in that situation as well. And he did see 24 minutes, even though Nemhard is starting. Uh, looks like Nemhard played 29. So they were on the court a little bit together, which does help their, their upside a little bit. Otherwise, if you're splitting 48 minutes solely at the point guard position, it gets really tough to play either one of them. Yeah. Uh, Mather and a guy I never hate to play off the bench just because he has a massive usage rate. Um, Neesmith, it, yeah, I mean, they're all kind of the same. You just kind of mix and match them. Hope you find the guy that, that finds the ceiling. Uh, I, I agree. Like Siakam is is the first look. Turner had a, a nice game on Thursday as well, but tougher spot here for him, I think, with Nurkic on the other side. Um, Sixty three hundred though, he's still in play. Like they're they're all kind of priced for their lack of a minute ceiling. Like you get a slight discount if 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 you find the guy that pops up and plays 32, 34 minutes, you're you're looking pretty good here, I think. Yeah, as tight as DraftKings has been on pricing this season. This is a very loosely priced Indiana team. Like everybody's under 6K pretty much except Siakam and Turner. So take your pick. Yeah, Dean made a comment about that on Grinders Live. And I know on the slate Thursday, uh, it's the mid-range is kind of loosening up a little bit. Feels yeah. like 
guys like Siakam would be like 8,100 a couple of days ago, even a week ago. Turner would be like 6,800. So they're, they're getting that like four to $500. That we, that's all we were asking for so that we didn't have to be punting and, and finding these awful value plays. Loosen up the mid-range a little bit. It, it really helps make your lineups look be- better and, and raises the overall ceiling. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Moving on here, we have the Houston Rockets uh, traveling to the Charlotte Hornets. Rockets are favored by five in this one, 242.5 total. Uh, for Houston's injury report, Tari Eason remains out. Reggie Bullock and Victor Oladipo out. Jay Sean Tate is questionable. On the Charlotte side, we have Gordon Hayward and Mark Williams still out. They've been out for a couple of weeks. We also have Terry Rozier recently traded away, and Kyle, Kyle Lowry is listed as not with the team on the injury report. So it doesn't sound like yeah. Lowry will be there to make his Hornets debut just yet. And they don't they don't plan to play him, by the way, Keith. And, and I'm going to say this is my favorite team. They're yeah. not going to play him. They're going to try to trade him and get him to a contender. Like he's not staying in that Charlotte. Makes, yeah, it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So I mean, if he stays, it's just because they couldn't find him a home. They're they're working to find him a home. You know, somewhere even if they have to release him, like he he's going to a contender. I think guaranteed. Yeah, I, as long as they can find somebody to take that salary for sure. I think yeah. even if they can't find somebody to take the salary, they probably waive him and. Um, do that type of, I forget yeah. exactly how that process works, but yeah. later on in the year, you can wave guys and then they can go find another team. I, I yeah. can see that going on. With I Lowry can sure. see him running up into like Philly or something. I know that sounds crazy, but on, on one of those, you know, veteran minimum, they only have to pay him, you know, I don't know, 250,000 for the rest of the season or something. Some crazy thing. Like, you know, he's going to a contender. This I can assure you. <laughs> yeah. There. Um, all right, what, what do you like on this Houston side? Charlotte, another one of these fast-paced, now no defense teams. So, man, everything. really good, th- really good start to this slate with these three first games. Absolutely, everything, Keith. We're getting Alper and Singoon, eighty-six hundred, and we're really starting to see his minutes go up. And as the minutes are going up, Keith, the upside is going, like I don't think people have really. I played Singoon, I think two or three straight slates. Like against even like against even Boston at eighty one hundred because you just got to see what's coming right the minutes the minutes 48, 69, 57, 57. and today he gets the Charlotte Hornets who are one of the worst teams in the league defensively and on the interior he should have a field day so Singoon is abs- absolutely one of my favorite plays on the slate not this game the slate uh you know if he can. He can sniff anything near 60. I'm feeling great. And I, I may be able to go all mid-range on this slate if he gets to 60. So I, I really like him. Uh, we, we're looking at Fred Van Vliet. His price was down a little bit the other day. And I know, like, his upside to me is a little bit more sporadic than Singoon because he's got to get all the categories working to have a really big assist night. But it's the Hornets, man. At 7,700, I don't mind playing him and Singoon together. Fred Van Bleet, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he should still be on pace for playing, I think, the most minutes in the league. Like He's playing tons of minutes all the time, and this matchup with the Hornets is just incredible. So I really like him. Uh, guys that I think are on the outside looking in for me, uh, all the fringe guys, the the, the Dylan Brooks, the, the Amen Thompsons, I don't, I don't really want to play those guys because I don't have to. I think if we stick with single, we stick with, with uh, Fred Van Bleet, and maybe a sprinkle of uh, Jalen Green. I think we're going to be fine. Uh, lastly, I think Jabari Smith, yep, he's back. So we just, I think we stick to those main two guys, sprinkle of Jabari Smith, sprinkle of Jalen Green, and I think that's all we need. But it's a good game for, for Houston for sure. Yeah, love this Houston side. Totally echo your sentiments on, on Shengun, one of the absolute top plays on the entire slate. He should absolutely smash his $8,600 price tag. The minutes have been outrageous, like you mentioned. Like, yeah. We're starting to see 40s in the game log now. Um, yeah. 42 against Utah and 40 against the, the Knicks. Like, Man, if you're – like, just give me 36 even out of Shingo. Right. I'm more than happy to play him in I'll any matchup. I'll take 35, Keith, in this spot. <laughs> yeah. 35, absolutely. and he still crushes. Absolutely. So totally with you there on Shingoon. Van Vliet, I think you can definitely try to chase the ceiling in that spot. Um, the fringe guy I think I have the most interest in is Jabari Smith. 
Um, awesome rebounding matchup here against Charlotte, 5,900. He did miss a game, assuming that he's fully fully good to go. He's not listed on the injury report, so expect him to jump right back into his kind of 30-minute role. Uh, as long as Tari Eason remains out, I think you're, you're, you can lock Jabari in for, for 30 minutes. So don't mind him at 5,900. Jalen Green, it's been a rough season for Green. Uh, I certainly understand it. He can get hot shooting and, and score like 35 actual points. So if you want to take shots there, cer- certainly don't mind that call at all. Um, Cam Whitmore is a guy who just we can't figure out how many minutes he's going to play is the only thing. I love his game off the bench. He reminds me a little bit of Tari Eason in that respect, but he might play 10 minutes. He might play 24 minutes, and then you would really want to have him. But uh, with some value that we have from Memphis for sure already, if uh, Kyrie ends up missing, we're going to have some Dallas value as well. So I, th- I think we're going to have enough value on the slate where we don't have to chase things like that. But just wanted to throw his name out there as a, a guy I don't hate for lo- super large field tournaments. All right, uh, moving on, we have the Clippers heading to Toronto to take on the Raptors. Clippers are favored by seven and a half in this game, 233 and a half total. Uh, on the Clippers injury report, we have Ivica Zubac still out. On the Toronto injury report, we have Jakob Pertl still out. And now we have Emmanuel Quickly out for the Toronto Raptors. Looks like we might potentially be going back to point Scotty Barnes. We'll definitely talk talk about that on the Toronto side here. Um, we have Bruce Brown projected to uh, jump into the starting lineup, which would theoretically shift Scotty to the point. They kind of don't have a, a ton of point options behind um, Emmanuel quickly. So we'll we'll see how that their starting lineup shakes out. But let's start over here on the Clippers side. Um, any interest in these Clippers? Uh, I, I do have some. Let me just say this, Keith. And I don't mind us skipping over the Charlotte side. I don't want to play anybody. Oh, my bad. Charlotte <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. Like, Houston should dominate Charlotte. And I know LaMelo's got upside. And I know, like, the, but Houston also plays at a much slower pace than the Charlotte point. So Houston gets the bump. Charlotte takes the bump down some. Yep. And Houston's been a good defensive team. So I'm not, I, I'm not thrilled about these guys. I, I did the, let me say Nick Richards at 5,200 is very reasonable. He's probably my guy, but I don't. I don't want to play the mellow at ninety eight hundred. Like I can live with whatever the rest of these guys do. Nick Rich is probably about the only guy I would play. Yeah, thank you for bringing me back here. Uh, yeah, I agree with your Richards call. I like that quite a bit. Um, we saw him come back from an injury. Uh, it played twenty seven minutes, so that, that's a nice yeah. nice amount. He's still a little bit underpriced for that role. Uh, the other guy I did I do want to mention is Brandon Miller. He's scored twenty plus points in in four straight games. Without Terry Rozier now, I yeah. think he's going to be kind of a, a bit of a usage guy in this Hornets lineup. So while I don't love the matchup, you mentioned Houston plays at a, plays at a so slow pace. They also uh, play pretty solid defense. So I don't love like spending up for Lamelo. I don't think it's a great Miles Bridges spot. But Brandon Miller, I think, might be a little bit underpriced if he's going to continue this the type of usage he's seen here recently. Yeah, and he should, which is probably another reason why they got rid of Rozier. Like, yep. Got to see what we got in this young kid. So uh, I'm there. Clippers. Uh, I do like the Clippers here. Kawhi Leonard, man, like we're starting to see him. And I know he kind of had some 30-point game sandwiched in the middle. But, like, he's been consistently, like, putting up 40s and 50s this season. Like, consistently. And the minutes are there for him, too, now. Like, last couple of games, 37, 38, you know, 34 minutes, 36 minutes in some of these games. So if the minutes are going to be there, it looks like we're back to the, the point where this is Kawhi's team. And when I see that at 8,600, back in the day, Keith, we were paying 9,500 for Kawhi, 9,800 for Kawhi. And so while I understand he's not hitting 50, 60 every night, it's in there. And we've seen the flashes. And so getting the Toronto team that may be not depleted, but down a piece or two, I, I really like Kawhi Leonard here. I think this is a, a good spot for him. You know, with, with Zubak out, I think we've seen his rebounding be a lot more consistent. Not that he wasn't picking up any rebounds, but, I mean, you look over the, the past, you get 11, 4, 6, 9, something like that. We're starting to get consistent mid to, you know, five-plus rebound games along with the scoring and a handful of assists. So I I really like him. He's absolutely my favorite play uh, from this team. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. If I'm spending up uh, for, for one of the big three, it's Kawhi first for me. Uh, similar to the Phoenix situation, I would not play two of these guys together. Um, certainly wouldn't play three. Probably wouldn't even play two together. Um, they're a little bit cheaper than the Phoenix guys, but still, um, it's just really tough for all three of them to find a ceiling in the same game. I do think there's a there's a situation where two of them could, but I think for my personal builds, like I always try to maximize maximize for ceiling. So if I am playing George and Harden, it would be uh, uh, in a group at max one of Kawhi, PG, and, and Harden. Same for you, or you, do you want to get some of them together? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, Keith, I'm with you. These big name guys, 8K plus on the same team, nah. Definitely grouping them and only getting to one. Yep, cool. Um, Westbrook has kind of had a minute ceiling. He also has a minute's floor, we know, with um, uh, Zubac out. Sometimes they'll play small for quite a long period of the game. We've seen Westbrook play 29 and 31 minutes in two of the four games that um, Zubac has sat. So maybe Westbrook might have some sneaky upside. Um, and then how about the big situation? Are, are you targeting either of the bigs here in the spot? Or it's too tough to figure out who's uh, yeah, going to play in a minute. I don't think so, just because, like, where is the ceiling on these guys? Yeah. Like, I think I think we've got way more ceiling. In, I think we've got more ceiling in Indiana with their four and five K guys than we do with Tice and Plumley, And then we've absolutely got more ceiling in Memphis, even mm-hmm. though they're playing the Magic. So I, I don't think I get to them. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, all right, Toronto side here. Uh, I mentioned the Scotty Barnes stuff. Like, it's not a great matchup against the Clippers. They've been really good on the defensive end, uh, even with Harden there. But just moving Westbrook to the bench, their team has really started to come together. They've been playing solid uh, overall team defense. So tough spot here for Toronto. I do think Scotty Barnes at 8,500 very much in play with the increased role with Emmanuel quickly out of the game. He's really the only piece that I have interest here. Um, you have a cheap Gary Trent. You have a cheap big situation here, very similar to the other side. They're cheap. They're going to be out there a little bit, but what's the upside? Um, that's really like I think uh, Scotty Barnes is really the only only Raptor I have interest in. How about you, Chief? I think I have a little bit more interest in the Raptors than you do, but it's really more playing the let's hope they keep it close angle. Because if if the game is close, then I got to think Scotty, RJ, and Dennis Schroeder get there somehow. Because that's the the only way this game is going to stay close. Otherwise, they're dead in the water. I don't don't see any other way. So um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For RJ, you know, what I've seen since he's come to Toronto, he, his rebounding, it has really picked up since he got to Toronto. I mean, I, I'm just looking here, January 9th. I can't remember exactly when they made the trade, but 10, 5, 7, 9, 8, 4, 8, 9. Like, he's pretty much almost hitting 10 rebounds most games, getting close. And then he's also scoring 29, 20, 17, 26, 24. Had a game sprinkled in there with four, 24, 23. He's really been showing upside. RTX should be 8K right now the way he's playing, Keith. He's still 7,100. Really tough spot. I, If there's ever a spot they're going to fail, they're going to fail without quickly and you know some of the other guys against the Clippers. 
But if they're going to succeed, RJ and Scotty have to have upside games, I think. So I'm willing to roll them even in a tough spot against the Clippers. All right, you talked you talked me into it. I'm I'm sold on RJ Barrett. Looking at that those rebounds, uh, that that is impressive stuff. December 30th was the date of that trade. I believe uh, the third, I think against Memphis was his first game. So yeah, I mean to your point, the rebounds have been out of control. I knew the usage yeah. was way up. Didn't quite yeah. realize where the rebounds were sitting. So great point by you there. 7100. And now taking Quickly's usage off the floor, RJ is going to. I mean, I would assume RJ's RJ Barrett's usage rate comes in upper twenties in this in this spot yeah, with sure. potential for even thirty. Keith, let me just say, I didn't realize it until the prop game sometimes just helps you go back and click a few more buttons. When we started this journey with RJ, we were getting him at like four and a half rebounds. I just started clicking it over every day. And it just, and I think now he's up to where he's like six and a half most days. So I've kind of backed off since then, but man, it's been insane. Good stuff. Um, Any interest in Bruce Brown jumping into the starting, starting, assuming that he jumps into the starting lineup, pretty low per minute guy. Yeah. I don't think I need him. Like the the cheaper guys, I'm probably going to be real concentrated in two to three spots today and then just spread out my mid range exposure, like RJ, Scotty, Paul George, Kawhi, Siak, like I'm just going to spread it out and then keep my, my, my really, let's call them value pieces, if you will, pretty condensed. Sounds good. All right, moving on to the Orlando Magic taking on the Memphis Grizzlies, or what's left of the Memphis Grizzlies at least. <laughs> Magic, Magic are five-point favorites in this spot, a low 214-point total in this game. On the Magic side, only Gary Harris is out pretty healthy for, for the Magic. The Memphis side is a much different story. Uh, Desmond Bain, John Morant, Marcus Smart, Derek Rose, Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark, Jake LaRavia, all of them out. Um, Santi Aldama listed as questionable, so a chance he returns. And then Luke Kennard is not listed on the injury report, so it does sound like Luke Kennard will be back. Not quite as good of a situation as we had in that spot Wednesday when they only had nine guys available. Um, but I think there's still some value to be found, even in, in a tough uh, matchup with Orlando. But let's let's go ahead and break down the Magic side first. Um, shorthanded Memphis team on on the other side. Any interest here in the Magic? Man, I want to have so much interest in the Magic. I want to play Wendell Carter Jr. because he's a guy I've been tracking all season, Keith, knowing that at these low 4K and low 5K prices. The minute he started getting consistently 25-plus minutes, the upside was going to come. Well, the upside has arrived. 34, 39, 33, 26 packs past couple games, and now he's 5,700. So I still think he's in play against Memphis today, but not nearly as much as he was before. I want to play Paolo, but does he get the ceiling today? I don't know. I don't think he gets there. I think Orlando's a much better team than Memphis. Franz Wagner is back, which is going to eat into some of the things he was doing. Uh, Franz, I'd probably be interested in playing Franz. We've seen two blowouts. This should be another blowout, which which makes me temper my expectations. But I do think he's okay. But I don't want to play any of these other pieces. I, I would love to play Cole Anthony based on his earlier season ceiling. But now they just seem content not playing him big minutes. Like he was playing 25 to 30 minutes, and now he's down to 18, 30. So I can't play him. But but at 4,700, I'm willing to include him. If I'm playing 150, I think he goes in for what it's worth. 150, yeah, I, I think Cole Anthony goes in at that price. Yeah, I don't hate that call. And if this game does get out of hand, maybe they take a little bit of an extended look at him because you're you're absolutely right. He's – He's kind of fallen out of the rotation now that Fultz is back. Um, Suggs is, is still playing his minutes. Like there's just there's not a, enough minutes to go around. Caleb Houston was seeing big minutes there for a while while Fultz was out, and they kind of still aren't necessarily giving up on him. 24 for Caleb Houston in the last game. So I agree. It's really tough to figure out this Orlando rotation. I think the only three names I even have mild interest in uh, are Paulo Banquero. Franz Wagner and and Wendell Carter Jr. is my favorite. I'm right there with you. I, it, I don't like that the prices come up a little bit, but if we're going to see upper 20, upper 20 minutes with 
chance for 30, 32, 34, like I, I think you can definitely still play him, especially yeah. with what we're working with uh, in the front court on the uh, Memphis side of this game. I, I will definitely take some shots on, on Wendell Carter Jr. in the spot. Yeah, big, big time for sure. All right, over on, on the Memphis side, like I said, not quite as good of a situation as we saw Wednesday, but still some value to be found. Um, are you are you looking to spend up here on Memphis or, or really going uh, bargain hunting here? Well, listen, I want to go back to something because if, if all these guys sit, man, if we're going to get David Roddy at 30 minutes, I'm way more willing to play him at 4,600. And I'm probably still going to get a sprinkle in anyway just because of the situation, because he's a guy I think if there's a blowout, they're just going to play him. Like, they have no reason to to, to hold him back. Um, Luke Kennard being back, you know, maybe it affects uh, a few of these guys, but John Conch. But I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that, actually. I have I have some thoughts. Um, so we saw Gilliard and Scottie Pippen Jr. basically split the point guard minutes in that last game, which was a shock to everyone. Everyone just kind of assumed that, or at least – projections looking around the industry assumed that Gilliard was just going to get the point guard run and maybe Scottie Pippen would be out there for a couple of minutes. Conchar kind of covering the backup point guard minutes. Is Scottie Pippen Jr. still a part of this rotation with Kennard back? Does he jump Gilliard as the backup point guard? Because he, I mean, he played really well. If they're going off merit, maybe. I have to think Gilliard is still the backup until they, they prove it to me otherwise. The problem is, if they prove it to us this time that Scottie Pippen's going to get 25 minutes, next the next lady's 4,500. Yeah. So, he's, once again, it's probably a scenario where if if we're reading one, maybe we just take the shot off. Because Gilliard, I don't trust to hit ceiling even if he plays, for what it's worth. Right, because he hasn't done it all season. Like we played Gilliard early this year when I think John Smart and somebody else sat it. Just we just got no production. So I think we just take a shot on Pippen, a small shot, you know, maybe I don't know eight percent or something. I don't think he's going to get high on. Maybe he won't unless people are really game lock watching or the projections are really nice on him. Maybe we take a small shot on him and get him into our mass multi entry builds. Uh, because we know for sure Luke Kennard is going to play 30-plus minutes. Like, yeah. So he, he he solidified his his case with the team. He plays – maybe we run Scotty. Um, Gigi Jackson uh, – uh, Gregory Jackson is a guy that I was hoping they'd keep in that 20-ish minutes range because all minutes aren't created equal. He's a guy that should be able to put the ball in the basket. So um, at 4,100, I, I don't hate it. Um, but he's still he's still fringe. But outside of that, I don't really want to play the expensive guys. I know Jaron Jackson Jr. has been going nuts in some of these games, but I don't I don't want to take the chance against Orlando. I, I don't think he has the upside in this spot. I have the exact same thoughts on Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I was off of him because of the matchup against Miami, but I loaded up on the value because it's like these 4K guys are gonna have to play 30 plus minutes, and that, yeah. that's how it went. And and triple J failed. And a lot of the value got there. So it happened to work out well for me. I see this game very similarly. Um, again, the Aldama stuff does matter because he likely starts at the five in this spot that lowers guys like David Roddy and, and Gigi Jackson if Aldama is in there. If Aldama is out again, I, I'm going to have a ton of Roddy and, and Jackson. Um, yeah. I just don't think that Xavier Tillman is healthy. I think the only reason he's active is because they're just so shorthanded. But that knee is clearly bothering him. Yeah, like he, they're they're just not willing to run him out there for any type of minutes at all right now. So, yeah. um, the Aldama news is actually very big for me, and, and as far as my exposure to Roddy and Jackson go, um, I'm, I'm with you on the Pippen Junior stuff. I would much rather take shots on him than Gilliard, even if all I'm like I think Pippen gets the blowout run if this game does get out of hand. Number one, and and number two, even if Gilliard and, and Pippen kind of split the backup role to Canard. I, I just trust Pippen to score more fantasy points, even in less minutes. So yeah. um, that that's the only point that I wanted to make there. Like tournaments, it's Pippen for me over over Gilliard. Um, I think that Conchar is is definitely in play. He still has a role, even with Canard uh, back. He's forty four hundred. He's not a huge per minute guy either, but I think he's secure for like one upper twenties minutes at least. Could potentially see thirty in the spot. 
All right. And uh, Vince Williams, I, you can talk about him a little bit. He's had an awesome role. I, I do think Canard being back hurts him a little bit, but a ceiling spot for Vince Williams wouldn't surprise me. Didn't want to leave him out. Yeah. Uh, and you have anything else to add on Memphis? Negative. All right. Let's roll on to the next game here. Oklahoma City Thunder going to the New Orleans Pelicans. Pelicans favored by two, 239 and a half total in this game. Uh, Oklahoma City injury report pretty clean. Olivier Saar is out, not in the rotation anyhow. Um, Pelicans injury report really clean. Only Matt Ryan on a G League assignment uh, on the injury report. So two How about pretty that? Clean. They've had guys out all year. Yeah, yeah, the Pelicans for sure. Um, so, yeah, two healthy teams, two pretty good teams. A little bit surprised. I mean, Pelicans at home, obviously, but kind of surprised to see them favored in this spot. Uh, let's go ahead and, and start over on the Oklahoma City side. Uh, any interest there? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do have interest, and in, you know, this is a guy that Keith. All he's done is just get it done all season. Like I, I don't think people even realize SGA just Superstar. goes out here and just does work every yeah. game almost. And yeah, we understand that his mo is he's going to score thirty points to get there. But Keith, how often is he under 30 points? It's not very often. He's averaging 31 a game. He's averaging 31, like real points. And so this is a tougher spot. Don't get me wrong. But see, he, he's done it against everybody, Keith. It, it's like it, it doesn't matter. He dropped 37 against Orlando. Okay, that, that, that tells us all we need to know. 40 against Denver, another fairly tough defensive team. So – I like SGA. I think he's one of the, the better tournament plays on the slate as well. I don't like him better than Sengun, but I have to think Sengun's going to pick up way more ownership today oh, yeah. than SGA. So I, I think SGA may be on the outside looking in, especially if Kyrie sits, because people are going to be gravitating to Luka. And SGA getting 60 is well within the cards here. So I think he's one of uh, you know the best tournament, pure tournament plays on the slate because he keeps getting it done and no one's paying attention what well, they are, but because he's 10 K, we just don't play him enough. And and I, I think that's a mistake. So I don't feel like I have to play too many other people. I know Jalen Williams has, you know, been playing well in real life, but I still need a little bit more ceiling consistently, but SGA, man, I, I really like him for tournaments today. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he comes in super low on on this slate just because, like you said, people are spending up for Luca. You've got like the guys in the in the mid eights, um, Scotty Barnes, another one that you mentioned, Shangun, who I think is is going to be the most popular in that range. Yeah, um, it's it's a really tough spot for the Thunder here against the Pelicans, who they they play a little bit slower, they play good defense. Um, so I'm with you. I don't have any interest in anyone outside of SGA. And it's simply just chasing that ceiling that he's shown all season long. So same same exact page as you there. I, I love Jalen Williams as a player. I think he's taken a real step forward, but I don't want to pay 7000 for him in this matchup against New Orleans. Chad, I think it's a tough spot for him with the size on the other side. Yeah. Um, for the, and for he the hasn't been rebounding well overall this season anyway. I mean, he's had a couple of games here recently, but that's against San Antonio and Portland. When he's right. got to face real teams, the rebounding numbers go way down. Yeah. How about the other side of this game, um, the Pelicans? Yeah, so with the Pelicans, and, and, and Keith, this is a team where I used to put them in a group, but now that the prices have come down, I feel much better. about Like I said, <laughs> draft case, thank you. Like I'm just going to clap it up for you because this is way better. We can get C.J. McCollum at 7,200. He's been playing well. We can get Brandon Ingram, who – for, for a while there, I thought he was John Stockton. The assist numbers were through the roof for a couple games. 10 and 11, still picked up six the last game. Um, did, the scoring hasn't really been there overall in terms of the 20-plus uh, real points games, but that's because I think they've had it spread out between him and Zion and, and, and McCullough. 
but he's finding ways to impact the game. And so when we're going to see him on, you know, on those games where he scores 25 and picks up seven rebounds and six assists, we're going to have a much different outcome. So I don't mind playing him against OKC. And then I'm also, I also don't mind playing Zion Williamson. Uh, while his production is probably a little bit more sporadic, I think if he's going to get mid-30s minutes, I know he only played 27 against Utah, I'm going to excuse that blowout. I'm expecting him to play 32 to 34 minutes in most of these games. And at 7,800, I do think there's tons of upside available if he can get get it together. Um, you know, the whenever he scores 30 real points, he's going for 50 fantasy points, I think. So I, I like him just in tournaments. He's a guy I'm going to just start playing every day as long as he's under 8K. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Zion train. I kind of noticed the same thing in his game log. Like you you look just through the game log and you see a bunch of 26, 27, 28, 29. Um, but if you look closely at the last five games, yeah. he played 35 against Denver in a close game. He played 32 against Dallas in a close game, 27 in a blowout against Charlotte, 33 in a close game, semi-close game against Phoenix, and 27 in a blowout at Utah. It really feels like to me, we're at that 32 to 34 range. Yeah, that, that's all you need for Zion at this price. Uh, under 8K, I, I think there's a, a bunch of upside in this spot. Oklahoma City is not a great rebounding team. You just talked about, I mean, it's got Chet on the other side. You think about the girth of Zion versus the girth of Chet. Zion is like two of Chet. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> like, I, Seriously. Zion's definitely the target here. Uh, he's my favorite of the three. I do think all three are in play. I'll have some Ingram. I'll have some McCollum. But Zion is, is definitely the one that I think has the best matchup and I think has the highest ceiling in this spot. Yeah, for sure. All right. We have one more game to go. Uh, How about that? A Friday night slate and you can go home or go out with your significant other at 8 o'clock and you don't have you to go. sit here and be pulling your hair out till 10. Thank you, DraftKings. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah, because I think the, the, there's, like, a, another gap, similar to how there was on Thursday. Yeah. It's not as bad as Thursday night. It's a 10.30, too, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, think it's a 9.30. 9.30, okay. Thursday, it was 10.30. There was, like, a massive two-hour gap in there. So Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Friday night, we're done at 8 Eastern. Free to do what we want with the rest of our, our night. So, yeah, good good call there. Anyway, that the, the hammer is the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Bucks are favored by six in this spot. Uh, Two thirty-eight and a half is the game total. Cleveland uh, remains without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Been in this situation for plenty of time for prices to adjust. Uh, Milwaukee has a clean injury report outside of Giannis listed probable. Um, they have run Giannis probable to out before. Um, but I mean, well, I, I would assume we'll hear something about shoot around as long as Giannis is at shoot around in the morning. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Giannis probable tag, um, new coach in Milwaukee, Cleveland coming to town. What do you got on the Cavaliers side for me? I really want to play Donovan Mitchell in tournaments. I also really mentally want to say, I think we're all going to see some changes with this Milwaukee team because like they've been like semi pretty much back half of the league in terms of defensive efficiency. Yeah. And I got to think he doc is going to change some of that around. Now he can't cover up as much as we think because Damian Lillard is still in the team. And while I love Dame, Dame's an offensive threat, not as much of a defensive threat, but I do think, from a real life perspective. And the only reason I'm including this Keith, is because we're going to start, I think we're going to see a shift in how they played somewhat, whether that's the pace is either going to limit the other team or the defensive scheme is going to limit. One of the two, I think is going to start to hold some of these teams back to keep them in a better situation uh, in terms of real life basketball. So, but with that being said, I do like Jared Allen and I do still think Donovan Mitchell is really good for tournaments. And for this game, I'm going to try to make Milwaukee prove to me that they're going to get better overnight with Doc Rivers defensively. It's not going to be overnight, and I know that, but I do think there are going to be some tweaks. Let's see if the tweaks work. But Donovan Mitchell and, and, and Allen, man, they've just been two really good tournament players since all since their other two main guys in Mobley and Garland have been out, and I don't think we have any reason to fade them. I, I know Mitchell's expensive. He's ninety five hundred on DK. I get it, but he's got enough in the tank to to hit a ceiling at that price. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I chased some Mitchell. This is a, a rematch, right? We saw this game earlier this week. Um, I played a lot of Allen in that spot, and I chased some Mitchell in that game as well for that exact reason. I, like the, the defense is what cost Griffin his job, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. They, they were not playing any defense at all, and I was <laughs> constantly targeting guards against Milwaukee. They were they were able to hold Mitchell down in that, that first game without Griffin. So we'll see if uh, changes are – already starting to go in, into effect, but I'm kind of with you. Like you need to prove it to me that you can, you can stop the ball first. Donovan Mitchell, one of the best on, on the ball. So I, I will have plenty of Mitchell. I think it's a good spot for Jared Allen. Again, uh, he's shown a massive ceiling. Um, Tristan Thompson is also out uh, dealing with a suspension. I kind of thought Allen would see a few more minutes than he did. Um, Looks like they were willing. I assume that it was Damian Jones that played the backup five. I'm just double checking. Yeah, Damian Jones was the guy that jumped in there. Um, whether they're willing to do that every game or not, I'm not sure. So I do think Allen has a huge minute ceiling at this point without Thompson. Um, but that that's kind of to be to be determined. It's still still a really solid matchup for Allen. I think I can certainly uh, chase a little ceiling there at 7800. Um, on the other side of this game, we just saw Giannis, Giannis go absolutely nuts with a 35-point triple-double in the last spot. Uh, see where spending for on this slate, or you like other spots more than him? Yeah, I like Giannis, man. Um, and this is why he, these big-time stars keep the 11K price tag. You, just, you don't necessarily know when they're going to hit the 80-point games, but you understand going in. This guy is pretty much guaranteed 50 to 60 every night. And if I just stick to the script and play them in awkward spots when people don't want to play them, I'm going to come out ahead in tournaments. So uh, Giannis goes in the pool, no doubt about it. Damian Lillard also goes in the pool. Now, here's, here's, my, here's my take on Dane. I understand that Dane's a volume guy. So when I start seeing his shot attempts come down, Keith, I'll start fading. But as long as I'm seeing him taking 20-plus shots, he, he, he continues to go in. Because on the nights where he scores 40, you get the 67.70 fantasy point game. Uh, so I, I really like Dame here, um, even in this spot against Cleveland. And let's just see if Doc Rivers unlocks something else. The key to this whole thing is, if Doc Rivers can unlock Chris Middleton like consistently, like if they get all these guys scoring 25 plus a night, look out NBA. Uh, it's going to get real ugly. So Middleton at 6,300, I actually think is in play in this spot uh, because the price has come down. He's been hovering at 7K range, but I think that's a very reasonable price. And once again, I'm in the same camp. They got three big stars, and I, I think that they're leaving crumbs for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, like you talked about Giannis and how you just kind of have to play him at, like on every slate. I did not have any in that first – in the, the last time these guys – obviously when he puts up 80 DK points and I don't have him, that, that's what hurt me that night. Um, like you just don't have to concern yourself with matchup. Like you just don't need to pick and choose when you play the superstars. If Giannis is on a slate, you should probably have some, some exposure. Same with guys like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, like – Luca on this slate, like just get get at least a couple of shares. If you're making ten to twenty lineups, you should you should probably have some at least one in, one lineup with the, all the stars in, not all, just one one lineup per star basically. Because um, I don't love this spot for Giannis again. I, I won't have a ton of him, but I won't make the mistake of completely fading him again. So great point there, Dame. I, like it's a tough spot for him as well. I certainly would rather uh, find the six hundred and play Mitchell on the other side. Um, Maybe I end up with one Dame, but I, I struggle to get to Dame a little bit. I do like the Middleton call at, at 6,300. Uh, who knows what this offense is going to look like going forward here. We've seen well, Middleton put up plenty of points before. What do what you got? Well, I will say if, if, if this offense is set up anywhere close to Doc's coaching style, it's going to run through Giannis. And, and then spread the Dame and then to Middleton. Because, I mean, you got to think, we saw it with Embiid. We've seen it with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul. We've seen it, you know, in Orlando. Now, I'm going way back now. We've seen it in Orlando with Tito Turgoglu and, and that group. And 
<laughs> we've seen it with Boston. Like, and yeah, he had um, Paul Pierce on that team. That's KG's team. So my, my point is, if Doc's going to set this offense up the way he's always set it up, Giannis may in fact get better the rest of the season, and then people are going to feed off that. So I'm, and, and I know that's real life basketball, Keith. I love the game. So I know it's not like completely analytical, but I do think understanding how the coach approaches the game can help us, for sure, make some decisions until we yep. until we settle in a, a month out. Yep, absolutely. Love those thoughts. Um, all right, anything else to add on this game? Uh, Negative. All yep, right, let's, go. let's go ahead and uh, play the morning grind game. Um, first question here, who do you like under 5K to go 7X? Yeah, this was an interesting one because I do think we've got a fair amount of options today, Keith. I'm going to go on a limb here, okay? I think this guy gets there no matter what in this spot. I'm going to go ahead and go Congo at 4,600. Okay. I like that. I think it's yeah. an absolute smash. Um, he he did play 25, 26 minutes in the last game. He still right. has a, a pretty decent role, and it's an yeah. awesome matchup. So I, I like that call. Um, I was trying to decide which Memphis guy I'm going with here. Kennard being back does uh, mess up the situation a little bit. Um, and Aldama potentially being back could mess up the big man situation a little bit yeah. as well. Uh, so I'm going to go John Conchar at 4,400. I'm confident he'll be out there for the minutes. It's just how much production can he have? To is I, I know he's capable of reaching 7X. Should be out there for upper 20s, potentially thir low 30s minutes. So I'll take Conchar. Yep. How about somebody over 8K to go under 5X? Oh man, I think I think we've got some interesting options here. I'm definitely not going to take someone in the Indiana game. I'm going Paolo Banchero because I think they blow Memphis out. I like that one. Um, Franz being back also, I think, is limiting limiting his ceiling a little bit. So I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm gonna take Dame, and that's always uncomfortable because we know he can come out and absolutely shoot out the lights, but don't don't love this spot for him against Cleveland. So give me Dame up at 8900. Yeah. Um, how about a six X play? We might have the same guy here. Uh, we might. We probably do. It's really chalky. Give me Alfred Sengu. Yeah. Like it's just it, sometimes you just gotta know. It's good chalk. Yep. He, he's he's it he is. should eat this team alive. Yeah, I don't care if Shangun is 40% on, on a seven-game slate. I'm still gonna try to get over the field on that. 100% yeah, sure. with you there. Um, there's another guy that I think is a great price point for his role, assuming that that Trey uh, Trey Young is out, and that that's Dejounte Murray in a really good matchup against Dallas. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, how about how about a GPP GPP play? So this one, Keith, this this the guy I talked about earlier. Obviously, I don't think he's going to get the ownership because of the matchup, but as we've seen since he switched teams. He's playing out of his mind for whatever reason. Give me R.J. Barrett at 7,100, man. I just know quickly it, it feels like an auto 40 if this game is close with upside for 50. I, I like R.J. a ton. Man, I, I, I like that a bunch. I, I do think he's going to be low-owned because the first three games of the night are amazing. I came into this podcast thinking I'm probably not playing R.J. at 7,100. You've got me talked into it, so love that call. Um, if I ship something with uh, with RJ tomorrow or today, I'll, I'll, I might have to send you a little cut. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got Brandon Miller here. Really tough matchup oh, against yeah. Houston. I love you know, it. I don't think anybody's going to play him at 6,300. And just the usage looks really good to me. I think he's going to have a serious role in this offense. Uh, tough spot. Don't think anybody's playing him here. I, I will yeah. certainly have some. All right. Uh, how about any any prop bets? You find anything out there that you like? I know you'll you'll drop tons in your uh, Discord channel tomorrow, but anything always popping out um, to you early? Always. So what I found, and, and this is something, this is one that's been coming out recently. They've been giving us um, uh, Miles Bridges at three and a half assists. I just keep taking the under key. Like, look, Miles Bridges is great. He's going to shoot the ball a lot. He's going to pick up some rebounds. 
but listen, man, he's not an assist guy. Okay, so I just as as long as he comes out at three and a half, it's under city for me every day. Um, and that, that's just kind of where I've been. I like it. Um, I first thing I did, um, like you saw the matchup for Elper and Shingun and went to see what his points, rebounds, assists line was at. It is sitting at 39 and a half. I think that is too low if he's going to play upper 30s minutes in this matchup against uh Charlotte, who we always are targeting big men against. Uh, yeah. give me Shingun more than, than 39 and a half points, rebounds, assists. Absolutely. All right, locked in. I noticed uh, Don Yeezy had a question about Sam Merrill in the chat. I, d- I don't think I'm interested in Merrill without um, or, uh, with Karis Levert back. If Levert misses time again, then I think Sam Sam Merrill's an awesome play. Uh, probably not taking shots on Merrill uh, while Levert is playing. How about you? Nah, not at all. All right. Anything else for the people before we go ahead and get on out of here? No, sir. I am good to go, man. Have fun. Good, good pie. Yeah, good pod. We survived my my lack of hosting experience. I've, I've done it a couple of times, but it, it's few and far between. So happy to jump in for Stevie and take care of that. Stevie will definitely be back on Monday. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you next week.